now con esta cuarentena nos estamos enfocando and we're like uh, mm -hmm. you know we're maintaining it and everything you we're know. learning how to be self-dependent and to not you know depend on government or grocery stores or like exported goods yeah. and Puerto Rico has been yeah so obsessed with exported goods that it you know in our jones act that takes away the special dollars that we need and then when you think about it like everything's growing like literally we thought our backyard wasn't gonna so go fast so, so fast, fast. Like, like like overnight yeah overnight yeah. i swear like yeah. my mom found some squash and I didn't know squash leaves were ginormous. Like mm -hmm. literally maybe two days after I saw like the giant leaves come out. I'm like, what is it? See? Okay. Well, that was all bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> we're on blessed land. This is like blessed people around us. But we, because we are nurtured to be able to realize who we are and our gifts and talents is they die. Mm -hmm. And literally like this quarantine, yeah, fucking sucks, but it's reminding us and putting us in alignment with the things that we shouldn't have forgot or things that we should have been yeah. doing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I cons. agree. I this think is so beautiful. This is a whole <laughs> other podcast. Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week we have a very special guest. We got Ana Teixeira in Puerto Rico. There's so many dope women, so many dope people, artists, creatives that are just you know, I'm blessed to be able to connect with you guys because, you know, I'm not from here, but I embrace it as is my home and like the people embrace me because of that. You know, and I think once again, we talk about these communities um, and how they support us and guide us. I think that definitely encourages me and you. So tell the people a little bit about yourself. Amazing. Well, like you, I also feel kind of like an in-between outsider. I am... Puerto Rican and but also there is a side of me that has been like outside of Puerto Rico so I am a student here I'm graduating this May I'm a film student um thank you um well graduating in June technically thanks to coronavirus <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you've done the work and now you're ready to go in the world and share these stories Tell yes. the people how you, how did you become a filmmaker? What inspired this journey? Um, well, my dad used to show me a lot of movies growing up. Um, cause usually movies and music is how he learned English. Cause he was raised in Brazil. Um, and he moved to Chicago by the age of 21. That's where my parents met in Chicago. Okay. Um, at so many places in my <laughs> history. Um, <laughs> and filmmaking has just always been like, well, I wasn't filmmaking when I was 12 years old, but I knew I wanted to write. I've always been a writer all my okay. life. Mm. And like, even one time, I remember my mom took me to this like writing camp that I got a scholarship for when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. And this was in Baltimore. And I went to this writing camp and usually you're supposed to write like proses or long essays or, you know, I mean, I love prose and I love essays. But I ended up writing a screenplay. I don't know. Okay. I ended up writing a screenplay and my like professor teacher uh, from that camp like allowed me to like was like, yeah, let's do it. 
And it's really funny because it was actually just kind of like this um, adaptation of Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, like, I was obsessed with Harry Potter. Um, did you, how did you make it different? <laughs> um, I made, okay, so basically Hermione was gay. <laughs> I made I made Hermione at the age of 11, 10 years old, and I didn't even, like, think it was bad. Like, I didn't think it yeah. was, like, an issue, and it I kind of just, uh, in the way that I made it different is that I put it in Hermione's perspective instead of, like, Harry Potter being the main character, because I was kind of annoyed with Harry Potter. <laughs> I was like, this man does not make any good decisions. What man does, though? <laughs> you know but i remember i had the realization that i want to be a filmmaker when i was uh 16 to 15 years old when i started getting homeschooled and i moved back to puerto rico for the first time that was when i was like i have i have a name for what i want to do like i love movies i love to write i want to be a screenplay writer and so that's how i started i didn't even want to be a director i thought i was not um like i thought i was too shy to be a director I I just thought that, you know, I was just a writer and it started there. Like, I just wanted to create stories I haven't heard before. And I always wanted to bring solid representation and not representation that came from, like, a white dude writing me, you oh, know? Yeah. So that's kind of where it started from, like, all the movies my dad showed me, like, a combination of things. All my, yeah. the movies that my dad would show me. Like, there's so much really good Brazilian dramas. One of the things that inspired me, like, neorealism in cinema, in Brazilian cinema, and then that writing camp, and then, like, coming back to Puerto Rico, and my mom allowing me to, to focus on what I wanted to do in high school. How do you know which stories, like you're saying, all of these experiences, all these different types of cinema you're seeing and, you know, your family being able to meet in different places, you being able to travel, your parent, your mother, you know, being able to homeschool you. And how are these stories developed and how do you know which stories to the, you want to develop? Personally, um, before I really started making like short films like having a, a product that could show people hey you know we did this uh before I was able to do that I was hanging out a lot in like the queer community and just like it was easily just to say my friends are the people I want to talk about or the people whose stories need to be told because a lot of my friends weren't people that were celebrated for their sexuality a lot of them have been condemned or or condemned for their race or what they believe in which is pure equality pure peace and love and and that's crazy that people can look down on that here but it's obvious with like you know the violence yeah um but the stories that i always saw they to be told were just stories of my you know marginalized community and before i was able to do film that is just what I saw needed to be done like okay there's a whole queer community and I'm not talking about like the rich body blanco like um gay cis gay community that has you know their clubs and has their money to stabilize themselves but they can still you know 
be prejudiced towards other marginalized communities, even within their own, like the Afro, the gay Afro body community, they could still be racist, they could still be classist. Yeah. So there was this other kind of like sub uh, culture within the queer community that were all these students like from La Yupi that were also queer that were hanging out in Rio Piedras, all these like uh, gay community that didn't have money to go to like, you know, gay clubs. Yeah. We would just make our own shows. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you know Joni Jackson. She would uh, organize all of these, like um, it was called The Show. And there were these, drag shows hosted with Addie Love, who's a drag queen and trans woman I love so much and dear to my heart, um, that we would uh, do these sh uh, drag shows and they would get all their wigs and accessories and costumes from El Paseo de Diego, from Capri. Yeah. I mean, these I shows love Capri, I love Paseo. I, I <laughs> wish I could have seen Paseo when like, when it was like bigger than supposed to, like before Plaza, before all the stuff, because yeah. like everyone talked about how popping it was. And like, I like when I lived in Ethiopia, there's always shop there and stuff. But I really wish to see what it was before time. When it was more like that's my mom's time, but I'm talking about like now in the last like four years, like how they're still doing a lot from nothing because a lot of Word. those stores have shut down. Yeah. So what we have are like Chuleria, what we have is like always 79, Humberto Vidal for the tights, like este, from those like few resources, they would make these amazing creative costumes. And it's like, this is the community that I need to like put on a platform. And um, that was, I guess one example, right? Um, I knew like this is a story that needs to be told and that process like repeats every time like, I meet someone new or someone very dear to me and I'm like you know this is I don't hear this I don't see this on tv I don't see this in the movies I don't see this even talked about at all unless it's coming from them and they're not yeah. put on a platform so I just want to enable that platform this basically or create it myself when I first you know started going out I knew I, I always knew I was like queer I always knew that I was like just you know I didn't see gender as like a, a defining thing of like attraction like I'm either attracted to you or I'm not and it, I, I don't see yeah. your gender <laughs> I started applying my sexuality to my like gender I'm like okay so what does that mean that I don't see any gender and I don't like um uh care i mean i guess i mean i do care um but i don't let that interfere with like right, or limit who I love. to those binaries because it's always like one exactly or two. how do you expand and open yourself to others because exactly like, going back to what we were talking about earlier we are um one of many things that are you know what i'm saying have poured into us like whether it's ethnic whether it's like your culture whether it's your sexuality so like once you realize there's more than, than black and white or American Puerto mm -hmm. Rican, right? You know, gay or straight. And you open yeah. yourself, you have a With better all identities. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think, is that kind of, like, unboxing, I would say, is what allowed me to realize, like, my own non-binary identity. And that was also enabled through filmmaking because 
I did a project called Divina Gracia, which I, I showed at the Caribbean Without Borders conference. Yeah. That was so beautiful. And even my a uh, few members of my house came by in the audience. And so that film, when I had began making it, I would say I was a cis woman, even though that didn't really, like, never really fit for me. Um, but I would just say, because that's how, you know, all my life I'm, you know, born a girl you're a girl you're a girl you're a girl um and yeah I love being that girl (laughs) but also it's like I also see myself as not pertaining to that one gender um and being able to express myself however I feel like and you know um and also realizing a lot of like uh you know, like deities that I would look up and I would hear about through my godmother were non-binary, um, especially when she would talk about Olokun and Olokun was like this mysterious, um, under the sea, like mysterious, you know, deity that, you know, you don't know if they're a boy or girl, it doesn't matter, you know, because they're controlling, you know, you know when your deity is there's no boy or girl right you know you just mm-hmm. are and then you have your believers or worship who embody the character yeah. when i it's funny when i moved to Port, like i love puerto rico because it's helped me embrace who i am as well yeah. you know what i'm saying and understand other people because i feel like before i got here um i used to be so sheltered and closed-minded about a lot of things because of just how yeah. i was raised or, or your your condition to only two things or you think this is right or this is wrong and then you get to experience something else you learn how to understand and embrace more cultures more people right we're grateful for not only just this wonderful space that it's constantly in evolution and growing, but there's just, it's just nurturing, you know, that we have from our different communities that we have from our passions that we have for being in this space, you know, and it sucks. And, I, and when you're talking about like the roller coaster, I definitely, that's life, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I look at it like mountains and valley days, you know, there's some days where everything is like everything that you worked full hard for and that you like fought for, like you get to reap those benefits to be on the mountain tops but you also have to remember like literally fight for you know I literally had to fight for my sexuality and that was that was my journey um you know going through that and coming out of it like uh wow I I am queer there's nobody that can change me to not being queer how ridiculous is that notion that you think you have this kind of power over me that you're gonna turn me not queer i mean what kind of uh what's that called like uh entitlement to my body and my my sexuality and my identity what kind of entitlement do you have to have so really from from that experience of like that that was the roller coaster I really wanted to point out like my deepest lows. Um like being with somebody who who think that they could control me in that manner. And then so, that empowers you to be able to exactly mm-hmm. speak your truth and encourage your truth you know and others to be able to fight for theirs because it's not easy, you know. And as people mm-hmm. continue to be voices of change and be able to be agents and realize like, no, this happened in support and not, you know, tell someone their experiences is invalid because they didn't experience it. Like, no, we are 
and especially you are opening space and opening yourself, right? To be able mm-hmm. to be a vessel that other people can be able to share the truth and be empowered. Because, you know, not only do we have to suffer, but we do have to overcome and inspire, right? And in that tribulation, yeah. after that happens, we'll be able to get reap our benefits. We'll be able to pour into others because, you know, there's the up and the down is, is a part of it. You know, you can't be a great writer or a filmmaker if you aren't a bad writer and a bad filmmaker. You yeah. Can, you exactly. know, sister, brother, if you don't mess up. So it's part of your journey, you know? It definitely is. I love messing up. I really do. <laughs> I'm a yeah. messy girl now. Nah. I'm, getting, I'm getting organized. She's getting right. professional. But those mess ups really shape me. I'm, I love... I don't like... Uh, you know, there's like people that don't like to admit they're wrong. I love, I love admitting I'm wrong. Like I love learning new things. I love like, okay, I was wrong here. I want to know what is the right way of like speaking or knowing about this subject. Um, Because there's, I think learning is a beautiful thing. I mean, as an educator, like my mom is an educator. You. (laughs) Exactly. Like you should know out of all people. (laughs) For sure. So. I am basically with this corona, uh, it has allowed me to really go back into my writing and my planning um, and my editing too, because I just released a trailer for See You Later, which is my coming of age femskate short that is really the first short um, official one that I've started with. Um, because Divina Gracia came as my senior thesis piece, um, which I want to go back and I really want to do with an amazing budget. But um, See Later was the one that was when I realized, wow, this is really what I was meant to do. This was really like everything is coming in order. See Later like, um, was a project that I started with feeling misplaced when I came back from Puerto Rico and this was like when I was already 20 years old like I was an exchange student and then I came back to Puerto Rico and I was just kind of like you know coming back from that unhealthy relationship and all the craziness from New York and Baltimore and then I I come back and I settle in Puerto Rico and I sit down and I'm like where do I fit in? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how I felt when I went back home to Georgia after doing my experience in Puerto Rico. I was just like, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And it was troubling because mm-hmm. I try to make it work, but I'm like, this ain't it, you know? So. Mm-hmm. This ain't it. This ain't <laughs> it. And I know New York will eventually, you know, and we're talking about like the future here. I know it is there i will eventually see it there because unfortunately the movie industry in puerto rico is you know it's really lacking and it is building up there's a lot of local filmmakers that are really doing amazing projects like my editor is one of them um carlos mario who's editing see you later he is an amazing mind creative queer creative as well and um we have been editing see you later through screen sharing <laughs> like we have been calling each other on uh, zoom facebook messenger and we have been putting like this trailer was fully done via screen sharing and then also like on his own after the meeting so like it was honestly um just that film is really such a blessing because 
things really just came together, especially like the funding. Like I give thanks to my queer community all like as much as I can, especially for that film, because there was literally a drag show fundraiser that Abby, who I mentioned um, earlier, she hosted this drag show fundraiser with a bunch of other drag queens and a new and a new drag queen who was also a trans woman in See You Later, that it was her first time performing. Like, it was her debut performance at that fundraiser. I mean, it was such a magical night. Um, and we raised $600 that night. Um, and that's, like, oh, yeah, that's just cool. a portion of the budget because after that fundraiser, that beautiful fundraiser we did in Indiegogo, and everybody started backing up that Indiegogo and sharing. I was so emotional, just like looking at how many people wanted to get this project done and wanted me to direct it. Like, I've never, I didn't know. Like, I was playing clueless. <laughs> and, um, but people and then, see, you know, sometimes we don't see some things or we sometimes get blinded or overwhelmed or we get yes. We have people who are like, I got you. I believe in you. Keep going. You know what I'm our saying? Our own insecurities cloud our judgment yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, okay. and that almost happened too with this film as well. Because another, another problem I, I had, I guess, making this uh, See You Later was believing that I wasn't professional, professional enough or like as a director because it was my first, you know, short film um and then just having the reassurance of my friends every time like especially the skater girls that were in that movie like we're talking about unity there was literally a skater from the bronx that also came like besides the skater from washington heights who's the main girl samantha olivieri um she came and then her friend came from the bronx um, and then her friend who skates for Unity, which is a queer skateboarding collective, uh, came all the way from Oakland. That's and they all stayed with my grandmother. <laughs> they all stayed with my grandmother and, like, took care of her and, like, cooked for her. <laughs> and they also, and Sam would stay with me in my apartment when I used to live, um, I used to live very close to Sagrado, literally the, the street over. Um, um, I would think it was called like Calle Buret, and even our Wi-Fi was called the Brujas de la Buret. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, like making that film, everybody really came together. And yeah. I know you have a poem you're going to share with us today. Yeah. I, um, it's from the journal Tupac's journal the rose that grew from concrete the book is called and he wrote this poem uh for his mother he wrote a couple poems for his mother uh, who was also a black panther so this poem is from Tupac and it's called family tree because we all spring from different trees does not mean we are not created equally is the true beauty in the tree or in the vast forest in which it breathes? The tree must fight to breed among the evils of the weeds. I find greatness in the tree that grows against all odds. It blossoms in the darkness and gives birth to promising pods. I was a tree who grew from the weeds and wasn't meant to be. 
Ashamed I'm not, in fact, I am proud of my thriving family tree. I, um, I picked this poem specifically because last week I've been working back on my own family tree and my ancestor lineage and everything that they did in order for me to exist and grow from all the hardships that I've been through um, as a woman of color, as a queer person. Um, so I, I found this poem very pertinent and also very beautiful because it does yeah. celebrate the different branches. Exactly. That, you know, unify us. Exactly. You know, I'm definitely like, going to look and try to get that book. Anna, how are you on your way? I person I'm writing every day to try to become a more like uh, authentic uh, storyteller. Uh, every day I talk to my friends and hear about their um, journeys on like how they overcome certain um, microaggressions or how they dealt with, you know, growing from the weeds like this poem as well. Um, and I just try to have new stories in with me every day as I write. And professionally speaking, I am just trying to get my films out more uh, through social media and like YouTube and all that. But um, for now, it's like going back to the basics, going back to writing and putting meaning into my words because I feel like words are so powerful and we don't realize it until the effect has you know you know taken and taken its course yeah so just you know being a more conscious writer um and being one that strikes like this conversation or strikes like what is being untold or you know not talked about for a or B reason. And what's happening in certain communities, you bringing those realities to screen, definitely. Yes, I definitely wanted to mirror that. And that's what this quarantine has really allowed me to do is to kind of like sit between four walls. I mean, four really colorful walls. <laughs> I have like blue, purple, and a, and a flower print wall. <laughs> but um, to sit the, between these four walls and really concentrate on what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to bring into this world. And I hope that people see, you know, the more diversity that my community is bringing, the more love and acceptance and just these beautiful colors to shine through. For true. Tell the people where can they connect with you again? Shout out your social media. Yes, my social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm very active there. You can find all my work and photography too. I feel like I leave that out a lot. I am a photographer. Uh, <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working on a Polaroid series and I've been posting some of my Polaroids recently on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook with see you later uh which is my short films page and we just posted the trailer there and on youtube so 
Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Yeah, all, the, all of them. <laughs> Connect with her, support her, and, you know, show her love. I need all the love. Thank you for letting me on again. Thank you guys for listening. This is Issa's Way. Y'all be blessed. Thank you.